Being sharp to me means to be a forward thinker. I think of sharp as planning ahead, staying on top of programming, being involved, consistent, and energetic in all of my sessions. To be sharp to me means that you're quick to respond to different situations that you're in. It means that you're solution-oriented at all times and you're constantly seeking that solution. A way to maintain this value of sharpness is by learning from my peers, my supervisors, and also frequently self-evaluating my performance. This helps me to see areas where I might need to improve, things that I'm doing well at, but also perspectives and ideas that I might not have thought of before. This episode of the BT Focus podcast is all about values. And we are going to hear from just a few of the thousands of behavior technicians working across this country to bring these values to life and what it means to be sharp. Let's get started. Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome to the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky and today I'm joined by an amazing group of all-star behavior technicians at Centria that I'm so happy to introduce you all to. Um, before we begin, I want to do some introductions. So the first BT I'd like you to meet is Victoria. Victoria, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I am in Michigan in the uh, Metro Detroit area in Oakland County. I've been with Centria for a little over three and a half years as a behavior technician. I'm a BCABA practicum student, our lead BT trainer here, and I work closely with our field staff development team. Fantastic. Victoria, I said I was going to put you on the spot earlier. Any fun facts about yourself? All those facts that you just listened are very fun, I might add. Yeah. So my go-to is I have a bully mix. She's six years old and her name is Chloe. You may hear her. Oh, awesome. I, I hope Chloe is a listener to the podcast. I'm going to say that she is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to pass the, the mic next to Mr. Dan Jones. Dan, welcome. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Dan Jones. Um, I have been with the company for almost five years now. It's a long time, but I have enjoyed every minute of it. And I started as a behavior technician, then got my RBT, became a senior technician, then took on a training role. So I was doing QBS safety care training for a while. Um, still am doing it, but that pandemic kind of interrupted some things. Uh, and we're just getting now into the throes of it again. And I started a capstone training in the last couple months, and I'm happy to be here, Brian. Thank you. Awesome. Dan, well, we are so happy to have you. And Dan, let's hear your fun fact. This is a fun fact that I always give to my capstone class because I am training remotely. Um, I have a Great Dane that weighs about as much as me, so 145 pounds. And she always likes to come in and like give me a kiss whenever I'm training. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice, you know, serotonin relaxation there for a moment. So what I'm hearing is this is a very pet friendly show then, right? So, you know, Absolutely. and we're not just dog people, we're cat people too, all of the above. So <laughs> very cool. Well, we're happy to have you, Dan. All right. Now, Jenna, 
Welcome. Thank you. I'm Jenna Levitt. Um, I've been in the field for almost two years. I knew right away that I wanted to be a BCBA. So I got my RBT credential within like four months of starting. And I'm now a practicum student working towards that. And I'm doing peer mentoring and capstone and QBS trainings also. And it is pet friendly because I have four cats and a German shepherd. So if you hear him barking, <laughs> I'm going to blame it on you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I think it's very clear to say that I'm surrounded by three very talented people. And I'm just so happy to have Alvi here with us today. And I'm excited for our conversation today. So this episode, we're going to be doing what you might call a, a team meeting recap. And so Throughout the organization, we've started a new BT supervising clinician team meeting process. And on a weekly basis, all of our clinical teams meet outside a session to uh, talk about topics that are relevant to their practice, to go over company updates, to make sure they feel included in a part of a team, and then to have discussions around things between our you know, values or uh, concepts of behavior analysis. And today we are going to review one of those core values at Centria, and that value is sharp. Okay, so I want to talk about what those core values, what do they mean to you, and how do you make it evident in your practice? And you know, as a behavior analysts, like we like to operationally define everything, right? You know, what break down what does that term mean, and and um, what are some examples? So I guess I'm just gonna pitch it to each of you. So Victoria, what does the core value of Sharp mean to you? Yeah. So personally, Sharp means being able to think on your toes. So it means to be able to take all of the knowledge that you have through all the different trainings that we provide here at Centria, and then also the field experience throughout the years and be able to adapt to a situation that's occurring right now and how to best do that. So be able to take a step back, say, okay, this is what's going on. How should I proceed? And just utilizing the different things that you've learned along the way to do that. Fantastic. Well said. Dan, what would you like to add to that? And I completely agree with Victoria. Um, when I think of sharp, first thing that comes to mind is in the kitchen, like a knife. And, you know, if that knife's really sharp and, and you're using it correctly, it's going to do its job. But that knife has to get sharp a certain way. So when I think of it kind of as the term sharp for me, it means like self-reflecting, always bettering yourself, always being on the ball, always being prepared for whatever might happen. Because adaptation is something that sounds good, but then when you get into the actual moment, it's hard to do. And I've been in that situation before. Uh, and so I really liked what Victoria said. Definitely like utilizing it when you're in the field is something that you have to do on, on your toes most of the time. I mean, your kids will keep you on your toes, definitely. So I also see it as self-reflection as well, though. Always bettering yourself and always making it better you. Yeah. Dan, I absolutely love the metaphor you just use as you know, sharp like a knife, right? And a knife doesn't get sharp by itself, does it? No. What is what does it take? It takes it takes interactions with others, right? And in our role as behavior technicians and as supervising clinicians, we can't get sharp by ourselves. We need the support of a team, right? Um, so Jenna, as you reflect on that aspect, can you share some of the ways that maybe 
clinicians have been a mentor to you in the field and how they have made you more sharp in your role as a behavior technician? Yeah, absolutely. When I think of sharp, I think of being moldable. So can I shout out to one of my BCBAs? Oh, I <laughs> encourage, um, yes. So Kim Tran, she's in California. She's incredible. And what I've learned from her is to take advice in a way that you're open to that feedback. You're willing to learn. We don't know everything, right? So just taking that opportunity, those integrity assessments that we get, those are super important to take that feedback and learn how to take it where it's not criticism, but let it be constructive, let it build you. And I think keeping yourself educated is part of being sharp as well. Sometimes you do forget what certain terminology means, especially right out the gate when you're brand new. So I think being able to go back and, and keeping yourself educated on what it, exactly it is that you're doing will keep you sharp. But Kim Tran was awesome in helping me take advice and learning how to better myself that way. Yeah, that that's fantastic, Jenna. And I'm so glad you brought up just the concept of feedback and how important it is uh, in the field of behavior analysis, not only to give feedback, but also to receive feedback. And that's a skill and it takes time. And I think it it might be a, a natural tendency for, for some or maybe most to when you're receiving feedback to maybe get defensive or to feel on the spot or to want to deflect. But really like the heart of feedback is helping you, uh, come in contact with that reinforcement, right? To get better at your skills, to to better the skill set of your clients. And so, you know, that's something that I reflect on as a supervisor now, as a BCBA. Like, I hope that that my feedback is actually serving as a form of reinforcement, is not punishing to that listener because I, I am really just there to support, right? But that's not always the case in the beginning, is it? Right. Another couple questions for you around this core value, okay? So I've heard some really great comments on what the core value means to you. My next question is, what advice would you give to a new behavior technician to help them move in direction of this core value? Said another way, like what are some of the ways in which new behavior technicians in the field can become more sharp, if you will? What are your thoughts on that, Victoria? Awesome. Yeah. So I like to start with the fact that remembering we are in the behavior business, but we're also in the people business, right? We're always working with clients who are people just like us. So we always have to remember that thinking on your toes is going to be a part of being sharp in the field because just as we all have our own behaviors and the way we like to do things, our clients have their own behaviors and the way they like to do things. So not everything is going to go to a plan. I'm a planning person. So that was something I had to really adjust to when I first started in the field was, hey, you can go in with a plan and that's awesome. That's great. You should do that. However, fashion isn't going to go to plan every day. You're going to have to stay on your toes. You're going to have to be sharp and that's okay. And so just going out into the field knowing, hey, I have the knowledge. I have the training I need, I have my supervisor as a support, and I'm able to do this. But also, it's not always going to go 100% according to how you plan it out. Yeah, I completely, completely agree, with you, Victoria. And one of the things that came to mind to me as you were saying that is, 
to be sharp doesn't mean you're necessarily always right in the sense that it's okay to make mistakes and mistakes are a part of learning, right? And it's okay to to admit times where, hey, you know what? I, I would have done that differently, perhaps. And I think that is something that's really important in the learning process as well. I think it's also important as you build trust with your supervisor to feel comfortable sharing with them when you feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing this right, or can you provide some feedback? I'm unsure. So I think to me, like a a sign of a really thriving treatment team is one where that information flows so freely, right? Where you can um, be very open and honest and vulnerable when uh, you do need help. And then you can receive that feedback in return. Dan, what are your thoughts? What advice would you give to BTs out in the field to help them become more sharp? So my advice that I would have deals more with self-reflection because, I mean, that's what I know. Um, and it, I kind of drew on a quote from Peter McWilliams that said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And if we remain in our comfort zone, then we kind of exclude that part of life that has certain experiences, like gaining new skills or gaining new knowledge or even empathy in certain situations. And I remember when I first started as a technician, like, it was uncomfortable. Sometimes it's uncomfortable walking into the center and walking into someone else's home. And when I look back on it now, that uncomfort level pushed me to grow. It pushed me to do better. It pushed me to try new things. Um, and so I thought of that when I think of essentially what I would want to give to a new technician. It's okay being uncomfortable, but remember that you're growing through the situation. You're learning new things and you can do it. And that there'll always be support there, like Victoria had mentioned. Yeah, that's great, Dan. Yeah, I think making that distinction of, um, and this is where values are are so important, right? Uh, there's a great book written by a behavior analyst named Stephen C. Hayes. It's called Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life. And it's on a discipline within behavior analysis called Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. And Fun fact about this book, for one glorious week, it outsold Harry Potter way back when. So a really popular book. And I think that it describes ACT in a really easy to understand way. And one of the things that you said, Dan, that makes a point in this book is that uh, values are not feelings, right? So you can hold a value of, you know, I one of my core values is I'm going to always seek to do what's in the best interest of this client. And I might feel really nervous or uncomfortable, but you know what? If my behaviors are in line with my values, I can notice the fact that I'm feeling nervous and uncomfortable and I can still move forward. So it's a one great book, check it out, get it on, get it on audible. It's fun to listen to while you're you know doing the dishes or you know, talking to your dogs. Uh, we got plenty of dogs on the, on the podcast. But uh, I think it's important because, you know, the work of a behavior technician, we've all talked about it. It's such a good job. But guys, let's be honest. It's hard, right? There are really difficult days. It's a, an emotionally taxing job at times, but it's also an emotionally rewarding job. So I think it's important. I love the point you make, Dan, about self-reflection. It's important to reflect on your day and your week and bringing it full circle to be able to share those feelings with your supervisor, with your peers, 
with the people in your team that can relate and can build you up and encourage you and really just um, help you move in the direction of those values. So fantastic. All right. I'm going to pitch it to you, Jenna. What advice would you give to behavior Mm -hmm. technicians towards becoming more sharp? My advice is similar, but the words that I want to use are to avoid complacency. It's really easy to become complacent because it can be hard from day to day. You're working with the same client day in, day out. So I know this is like the oldest thing in the book, but like attitude is everything, right? So you really do have to check yourself at the door and um, know that your personal problems will still be there when you get done with your client, but go have some fun while you're with your client. Have a great attitude. And the two things I think most important for me are to be present and to be pleasant. And I don't know if anyone says pleasant anymore. Does that make me sound like I'm a hundred, but (laughs) being pleasant and present, I mean, those, those two things I think about, I visualize those things daily before walking through that door. So that would be my advice. That's awesome. And it's an expression too, but kind of like checking yourself at the door, right? Of I'm being mindful in the moment that when I walk through this door or I walk into the center, it's it's no longer about myself, so to speak. It's about putting the needs of this this client and this family first. And I think that was really beautifully said, Jenna. And I yes, I still use the word pleasant. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I'm with you there. All right. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. And before we conclude this conversation. I'm sitting in a room, virtual room, I should say, with people with literally years and years of experience in the field as a behavior technician. So for a little fun, I want to ask each of you, what is one therapy hack that you have? Like, what's one strategy or one tactic that is your go-to and that you found to be really effective? I'm going to say that makes you pretty sharp. I'll bring it full circle. Okay. Dan, you said you got one. I want to hear it. I do actually have two. Um, So the first one, the first one's a little bit more structured, but it's contriving the element of surprise for both you and your client during reinforcement. Because if you do that and you're surprised, you'll get that natural reaction as well. And I learned this from a client because there was this YouTube video that was going around where they had the egg opening and there'd be different things inside. And I'd be like, oh, that's a surprise for me. And I found myself naturally reacting to it. And so I was like, oh, I should start doing this during my sessions and during reinforcement because I'll get a more natural response during that reinforcement time. And then the second hack that I had was in potty training, um, because I did a lot of potty training when I first started as a behavior technician, um, take two white long socks and put them over the seat of the toilet. Um, Of course, check, check with the family, check with your supervising clinician, but I'm sure everyone remembers sitting down and it being cold. And at, at the moment, I didn't even think about it. Um, and then, of course, when I thought about putting socks, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty adversive there. So that's, yeah. that's the second hack I had there. Yeah. So the first one is like contriving motivation. Boom. That makes perfect sense. The other one is you're making the environment less aversive, right? Making it more reinforcing. And I'm sure that that client was more willing to, to practice. And that's, yeah. Well done, man. That's a, those are two great hacks. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Victoria, what's your good therapy hack? So I think I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Jenna's use of the word complacent. 
and making sure that we're not becoming complacent when you are presenting different reinforcers. So we know reinforcers change throughout weeks, days, hours, uh, minutes with the client and being aware of that and bringing in different things that are in the house. Like you don't have to have your supervising clinician provide you with a new reinforcer every week. You can utilize things that you see are tucked away in a bin somewhere that the client hasn't seen in five years, pull it out as long as it's cool to parents and like present it to them, put it in a preference assessment and keep them engaged, keep them wanting to work for new things, quote unquote new, new things so that they're not seeing the same things over and over again. So I like to say, always want to reflect and take the perspective of our client and we wouldn't want to continuously work for the same things over and over again. So being really flexible, incorporating those other things you see in the environment is a really great way to keep the client engaged. Yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah, you can become, we might say satiated, if you have the same reinforcer over and over again. It also kind of makes me think of like every spring, I'm taking clothes out of storage and I'm like, forgot I had that shirt. Oh, great. It's fantastic. So yeah, same thing with toys and activities and all that good stuff. Our kids, maybe you can hear them faintly in the background that they're slowly, they're going to make an appearance on the show soon enough. But uh, yeah, we see for them, it's like, we just rotate out toys on a semi-regular basis and you'd be amazed how much more involved and interacting they are when, you know, it's been a, a full 24 hours since they played with this Thomas the Train uh, tank engines. Great hack. Victoria, thank you so much. All right. Jenna, what about you? What's a therapy hack or strategy that you'd recommend? Mine is practical. I have a change of clothes, caffeine, and a bag of necessary items like contact solution and band-aids. Because if you're dumb enough like me to get your teeth spilled down the front of you during session then you're going to want to have those things before your next client. So I think having just those practical soccer mom items of like band-aids and all of that jazz, just have it in a little pouch or something. You can keep it in a backpack or in your car. That's yeah. my work. <laughs> kind of like Batman with like the utility belt, right? You got, you literally got your bag of trips and I, and I love it. I have been in some centers where like um, fanny packs make a resurgence. And I'm like, I think I might need to get a fanny pack. This is great. You got your frequency counter, you got all of the edible reinforcers and uh, all the fun toys, token board stuff. And yeah, it's handy, it's accessible and it's practical. So being practical is key. I'm a parent now to three little kids and man, like if it's not practical, I, I can't, I don't have time for it. I literally don't have time for it. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you, you've heard it from the, some of the best of the best, right? These are some very practical, fun, engaging ways for you guys to elevate your practice and consult with your supervising clinician on some of these strategies. And I would love to hear feedback from the field coming in of, you know, what are some of your therapy hacks? What are some strategies that you've used that have really been beneficial and that have made therapy fun and interactive? And shoot us a message at btfocus at centuryhealthcare.com. We'd love to hear them. Well, what I'm really excited about, my hope really for this podcast um, over time as we continue to evolve and grow is that it really truly becomes a platform to share the, the voice and the successes and the experiences of all of our behavior technicians. And I just want to sincerely thank the three of you for your time today, because I just look at three shining examples of the incredible staff that are out there doing the most important work and man, it's just fun talking to you guys. So I look forward to doing this again very soon. 
Thank you, Brian. All right. Take care. As we conclude today's episode, I want to extend one more word of thanks to Dan, Victoria, and Jenna for their incredible thoughts and experiences. And I want to end with one more listener submission on the value of Sharp. Being Sharp means becoming comfortable with the tools provided by my BCBA while embracing my own leadership skills with clients and peers. I practice positive language in my personal life so it feels natural during session. If something doesn't feel right, I bring it up with my supervisor as soon as possible. Open communication with everyone on the team is a must. For me, it's all about absorbing the scientific method behind ABA while embracing the humanity of everyone involved. I strive to remain sharp by flexing my fluidity and empathy in difficult situations. Oh, and keeping a notebook helps too. That's it for today's episode of the Beach Focus Podcast. Until next time.